The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, and I am the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple. I'm still in the midst of teaching this book, Setting a Trap for God, the Ancient Aramaic Prayer of Jesus, because I actually love the work of Dr. Rocco Errico, and I love how he explains things simply because sometimes when we don't understand the culture, the language, the psychology of a different time, different era, and obviously, again, culture, we don't really get a full context. And I think that what he's doing with this book is helping us get a context of the ancient Near East, the Middle East, whatever term you like to use, Hebrew, Semitic concept around prayer and specifically what Jesus was trying to get across by bringing it back within the culture and language that he understood and used. So today I'm on chapter five of the book, which is will, wish, desire. And as I've stated before, I don't speak Aramaic. I don't read or write Aramaic. I don't speak or read Hebrew or Greek or Latin, any of the biblical languages. So there are words that I'm not even going to try to pronounce in this book that sometimes he'll give you what it says in Aramaic and then he'll give you the English translation. If I think I'm a butcher it, I'm just not even going to say it. But I do want to still get across this concept that understanding language does make a difference. So let's get to it. Page 59, chapter 5, out of the book, Setting a Trap for God, the Aramaic Prayer of Jesus by Rocco A. Errico who, in my opinion, yet again, is the top Aramaic Bible scholar in the world. I think he's a national treasure, and I can't say enough good words about him, on top of the fact that he's one of the most genuine, loving people I've ever met. I can't, again, I can't say enough nice things about Dr. Errico. Uh, he's a good man. He's just a good, he's a good human being. Anyway, page 59, the Aramaic words, and they give all of the words means let your will be as in heaven, so on earth. Literally, the words translate as let your wish, desire be. That's throughout the universe, also on earth. Then he gives and it lets people know the Semitic word, which is sawina, which I think I could pronounce that one, is very important for us to understand. It means will, wish, desire, delight, and pleasure. Now, it goes into the next paragraph by stating, frequently we think of the will of God as something mystifying, elusive, unplanned, unpleasant, or sanctimonious. And worst of all, people often feel that God's so-called will is contrary to their will. We also 
equate the word will with the word willful or something that is being forced upon us. When we understand the will of God is God's good desire or pleasure for his children, his meaning becomes clearer. For instance, Luke's gospel reports Jesus is saying, do not be afraid, little flock, because it's your father's desire, wills, or wishes to give you the kingdom. Now, let me just stop here for a moment. One of the things that we teach in the Universal Foundation for Better Living, which is one of the main organizations of the New Thought Movement, is our first statement of faith. We believe that it is God's will that every individual on the face of this earth to live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. Now, that's the first thing we're telling people when they encounter our ministry, that it's God's will for you to prosper. It's God's will for you to be healthy. It's God's will for you to be happy. And the way I teach it is that God has an intention, that this divine mind, that this creator, that this source, that this universal mind, whatever, I'm not present spirit, this invisible energy intelligence has an intent, and that intent is to express its attributes through creation. Now, New Thought also has a fundamental teaching where we say that the God's essential nature or character is absolute good. God's essential nature or character is absolute good. And what that means in real time is that God is not going to will for you something that is against your good your absolute good, not good in relative to something's good today and bad tomorrow, but good from the context of is an expression of this absolute good that we call God. So God doesn't need you to be sick. God doesn't need you to be broke. God doesn't need you to be unhappy. God doesn't need you to be unfulfilled. God doesn't need any of these things that we sometimes try to put on God. You know, even in insurance policies, when homes get destroyed by hurricanes and tsunamis, we call those things acts of God instead of acts of nature. Because people are still connecting God with things other than absolute good. But as we study the depths of our being, as we study spiritual principles, as we study universal laws, as we understand metaphysics and mysticism, we'll discover that throughout the centuries, people who have contemplated, meditated, studied, and sought to speak, think, feel, believe, and express this infinite presence that we call God ends up showing forth attributes of wholeness. Healings happen. Transcendental consciousness happens. Prosperity and provision happen. All of these things, the divine deliverance happens because they were contemplating a higher truth, because they were contemplating a higher will, because they were aligning their thoughts with the mind of God. Therefore, they produce different results. You know, uh, when I first came to Christ Universal Temple, you've heard me teach this on the podcast before. 
one of the things that was popular around here at that time, because Reverend Coleman used to say it a lot, the legendary Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, she would say, then the people around here would say, there's nothing to be healed, only God to be revealed. There's nothing to be healed, only God to be revealed. Now, that was your body. That was your wallet. That was your relationship. That was your job. That was your company. How can God's wholeness be more revealed in this experience? Because wholeness is already here. There's nothing to be healed. Only God to be revealed. I just want that to land. As you're looking at situations right now in your life where you might be dealing with some breakdown. And I want you just to contemplate that you're made for the moment. Matter of fact, as a part of listening to this, I want you to go to YouTube and find my sermon, Made for the Moment. Just put Galen McDowell, Made for the Moment, in your YouTube search engine. It should come right up. Listen to that lesson because I deal with a lot of detail with how do you get yourself back in alignment and how do you know you're made for the moment? Because it makes a difference that you know who you are. You're made for the moment. Wholeness is already available to you because of who you are. It's your birthright. But you have to recognize that it is the fathers, it's the sources, it's the creators, it's divine minds, it's invisible energy intelligences. Good pleasure to give you the kingdom, the kingdom of all possibility and infinite potentiality. The kingdom of divine provision, infinite health, peace, joy, love, and harmony. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you these things. Is it your good pleasure to, the, to accept them? That's the question. It is, the, is it your good pleasure to accept it? So when Jesus kept stating with these prayers over and over again, this concept of God is just outside of this just punitive, strict concept. And he was trying to bring back this concept of a parental love as the best way in which we can understand God and grace and even divine law working in our lives is not punitive. It just has consequences. You reap what you sow. If you sow good, if you sow peace, joy, and prosperous thoughts, then that is the harvest. That doesn't mean you won't have challenges in life, but that does mean, because trust me, none of us are 24-7 always on it. And the soul needs opportunities to grow so we can totally evolve into our Christhood, which I also talk about in Made for the Moment. So make sure you go to YouTube and look on that video. I have a lot of views on that video. A lot of views. I'm over 42,000 right now as of today. So a lot of people have checked it out. Give yourself the benefit of it if you haven't listened to it. Now, back to the book. He wrote, let us return, this is page 60, let us return for a moment to Jesus' original thought. In the opening phrase, Jesus said, I want our Father or Abba, Father. He did not pray to God Almighty. It is clear that the prayer refers to a parent's caring and loving will or desire. It does not refer to the will of some awesome, terrifying deity. 
again, Jesus is bringing us into a consciousness of relationship versus uh, some deity that, you know, we're, you know, afraid of and afraid of wrath and all these other things versus it's the father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. It's the father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. So I'm going to stop real fast. This won't be a long podcast. So I'm going to take the break right now. Uh, as a part of this break, I want to remind you that to go on and click on the mindbodyspirit.fm website, even if you listen to it in other places and click on it, maybe daily, my page specifically, so I can get higher up and occupy the first page of uh, Google. When I Google it, I want Truth Transforms of Reverend Galen McDowell to be the whole first page. So I need your help. If you do that, then, and then as you go on your Apple or your Spotify or Stitcher or Google podcast, Podbean or however you listen to this podcast, as you continue to do that when you listen to it, then that'll help me occupy the whole first page because this show used to be just called Truth Transforms. And when I switched from Unity Online Radio to MindBodySpirit.fm, I changed the title to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, but it's all the same material and all of the old podcasts that, that, that when I was on a different format. But, but back then, before the switch, I had the first couple of pages of Google probably because, you know, you know, I was on that platform for 10 years. So I need your help to help me get that together. So I'm asking for it. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, I'm in the midst of teaching, setting a trap for God, the Aramaic prayer of Jesus. And we're talking about God's will. There's a couple of things that he covers in this book that we're already teaching new, new thought, uh, which lets, us, lets me know that new thought is right in alignment with the teachings of Jesus. Talking about what is God's wish or desire. And yet again, he quotes scriptures that I would use if I was teaching it, you know. Uh, on page 61, he, he says, Jesus said it warmly and clearly when he spoke to men and women who were standing around him. And he quotes Matthew 7, 11 from the Aramaic translation. And if then you who make mistakes know how to give proper gifts to your children, how much more shall your father who is in heaven give beneficial things to those who ask him? Now, some people say, well, that translation say you who are evil. But in Aramaic, that word means immature or mistake, mistaken. It can mean several other things. But the idea behind it is you make mistakes and know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will this divine source give to those who ask? It's just something to think about. All right. 
But then he talks about on page 62, does God inflict suffering? And I think this is really important because when we read scripture and things of that nature, especially um, some of the stories in the Old Testament, they they put everything on God, every good thing, every bad thing, whatever. That was their theological paradigm. So somebody passed out, God did it. Somebody fell off of something, God did it. Not just the good things, but all the things. And it's, it's necessary that we theologically evolve and realize that just because uh, ancient people had a context does not mean that we have to take all of it without evaluation to be able to look at it legitimately and say to ourselves, is this true? Does this make sense? What is another way of saying this? Because they had a paradigm, a worldview that we don't have. And it's okay to theologically evolve. And I know that most people, especially from more fundamentalist circles, don't um, believe in that. But I'm saying to you, if you're listening to my podcast, you're already theologically evolved because you couldn't listen to me if you weren't. So I'm challenging you and inviting you to, as Charles Fillmore would say, reform your God thought. To get to the space to where you're saying, okay, God doesn't need me to suffer. God wants me to succeed because I'm the individualized expression of God. For God to want you to suffer would mean God, for God will want God to suffer because you are an extension of God. You're the image and likeness of God. You're the individualized expression of the one presence and one power we call God. He wrote it this way on page 63. God does not inflict evil upon people. Diseases, for example, manifest themselves when we break natural laws and uh, health laws and principles. Sometimes we become insensitive to our bodily needs. Then again, we may be violating the laws of a healthy mind. When this happens, hatred, resentment, and bitterness may manifest themselves in our body in various forms of illness. He's given examples of how this can, can change up. All right? He goes on to say, disease does not originate with God and is not healthy for us to recognize. And it is healthy for us to recognize that God is always for us. And when God is for us, who can be against us? Hmm. Just something to think about. All right. Then he talks about in heaven, you know, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he says, uh, Shemaiah means sky, heaven, or heavens, cosmos, and the universe. Metaphorically refers to peace, harmony, and prosperity. The ancient, excuse me, the ancient savants and prophets use the term heaven to indicate a universal state of peace and harmony. Heaven also refers to a personal consciousness of peace and harmony. These prophets and wise men used the idea of the heavens because they had observed how the planets and other celestial bodies stayed in their orbits. Our own observations tells us how harmoniously the astral bodies function. So they saw divine order when they looked up. So they were claiming that divine order in our own world and in their own world. And so can we. It's not about what we're seeing. It's what that observation tells us about the universe as a whole, that there is a divine order. There's a divine harmony. There's a divine alignment. 
that we can get into when we say, not my will, your will be done, God. Not my will, your will be done. So I just want you just to be present to this concept that God's will for you is absolute good. God's will for you is health, happiness, and prosperity. God's will for you is joy. When you recognize that, it'll shift your paradigm and you'll start looking at life differently. And when you look at life differently, life can show up to you differently because life can only show up to you the way you see it because life is consciousness. So as you understand that, you can do what you need to do. So we're going to wrap up today and next week um, we'll, we'll continue to go forward with more material. So God bless you and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transform. Take care. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.